Thank you for tuning into the UNI podcast. This week, we have Kat Harris, a Brooklyn-based online educator, digital content creator, and female empowerment advocate who loves God. For the last decade, her work was featured in Vanity Fair, GQ, Forbes, People, Who, What, Where, Us Weekly, and Glamour UK. Her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, and value. She believes in the power of story, that done is better than perfect, quality triumphs quantity, and that every opportunity is an opportunity for growth if we choose it to be. Here's our conversation with Kat. The UNI podcast promotes love, happiness, and abundance. Through storytelling and sisterhood, they encourage self-love, a balanced worth ethic, and a healthy life. This is Ozzy and Caro, and thank you so much for listening to the UNI podcast. First of all, that was so good. I think maybe for me it's more so of the pressure of trying to figure everything out mm. that I forgot what life it actually is and I don't think mm-hmm. anybody actually does the same thing finds that one thing and does the same thing forever yeah um, so thank you for reminding me of that yeah for sure um building off of that I want to know how does someone know that they need to see a relationship coach I ask this because there's so many relationships around us. We have relationships with our parents from mm-hmm. the day we were born. We have friends, and then we end up start developing like actual relationships. Mm-hmm. How do you know that you need a relationship coach, like just with your friend group? How do you know that you need a relationship coach in your actual like intimate relationships? Mm-hmm. And what's the cutoff? I guess. Okay, so I would say, are you breathing? Are you existing? Are you human? then a i'm a firm believer that everybody needs everyone needs therapy everyone needs therapy everyone needs counseling what's the cutoff there is no cutoff until our last breath we have the opportunity to grow and evolve as humans there's always more work to be done there's no moment in our lives where we have achieved enlightenment and we don't need support we're humans humans are messy (laughs) we hurt each other we have baggage from our past. And so that just means that we constantly have opportunities every day of our lives to grow. And so whether, whether that's through relationship coach therapy, emotional intelligence workshops, I just think we all need all of it. <laughs> like there is no like, you should consider this if. I think if you are a human and you're breathing, you could use therapy or counseling or relationship coach. And we all could. 100% agree with that. So I want to kind of pivot into talking more about relationships. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, are there steps to developing a healthy relationship? Just for me, because I think my parents were divorced when I was super young. Mm. So for me, the only relationships that I've seen are either online or on TV or on social mm. media. So I've never really seen, at least in my personal life, people around me in terms of like my my direct family a relationship mm-hmm. that is I don't know thr- I don't know is happy and healthy mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering what you think is there 
are there like direct steps that you should take into developing that relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a good question. And I mean, I can resonate with what you shared. I grew up in a really dysfunctional home, broken family, multiple divorces, affairs, drug addictions, lots of dysfunction and toxicity, um, not not hardly any money. Um, and so even now, I don't have a lot of examples in my own family where there are healthy relationships modeled. The good news is that I have the opportunity to change my family legacy through my own decisions. So just because there was divorce, addiction, affairs in my history doesn't mean that that moves forward with me. So I think the number one thing you can do is work on yourself and become the best, most whole version of yourself. So not to, not to just keep driving home the point, but be willing to get help, go to therapy, start working through your past. That's the number one best thing you can do if you want a healthy relationship is to do the work of becoming the best version of yourself. And then from there, getting clear on what is it that you really want? What type of relationship do you hope for? What are the qualities you're looking for in a a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a partner, a spouse? And then ask yourself, am I the person that I'm hoping for? And what I mean by that is for a long time for myself, I wasn't wise with my money. And I just thought, oh, well, I'll probably marry someone that has a really good job. And so instead of having integrity in my finances, I just put this standard on a potential person to date. But in reality, if I want someone that has financial integrity, I get to be that first. We attract what we put out there. And so work on yourself, get healthy and whole, and then get clear with what it is that you really want. The more that we are walking in our worth, I'm telling you, even the types of people that are attracted to you changes. So when you know, you know what? I don't like when a guy texts me at 5 p.m. on a Friday asking me to hang out that night. I want a guy who has, who thinks of me before the last minute when he doesn't already, when he doesn't have plans or something better didn't come up. So then you say, oh, so I know that I would rather stay home tonight or hang out with my girlfriends than hang out with a guy who doesn't see how great I am. And so a a huge part of all of this is knowing your own worth. And so really what's so helpful about doing, getting to know yourself and getting to know your own story and why you are the way you are that frees you up from making those same mistakes that are in your family or your history. Um, so I'm, I'm just such a fan of, of doing the work. Thank you for that. That is really great. I have a question more about two people who are in a relationship and they kind of just have different beliefs. Mm-hmm. So that could either be religious beliefs or they could come from two completely different worlds and just really hard for those two worlds to kind of blend together. So mm-hmm. I guess 
how important are similar beliefs in relationships? Oh, that's a good one. So I think belief systems are really important in relationships. So our, our worldview is the lens with which we view, obviously, the world, experience the world around us, interact with the world around us individually, collectively, interpersonally. And so what, what dictates our worldview? Well, for me, my faith dictates my worldview, the way I view the world. The, so it's like the, the, the sunglasses, the lenses with which I view the world come from my values and my faith. And so my faith impacts every area of my life. It impacts how I spend my money. It impacts how I vote. It impacts my career decisions, where I want to live, where I want to move. It impacts my, how I walk out dating my, in my sexual, the sexual side of relationships, the physical intimacy. And so Dating and relationships is hard enough as it is when you have two people coming from two different backgrounds, two different experiences, two different hurts and pasts and wounds and all of those things. And kind of how I explain it is like your faith and your values and your beliefs are the language you speak. And so you want someone that speaks your same soul language. Because if you're not, like, let's say my soul language is Spanish and I'm dating someone whose soul language is French. We might on the surface have fun and get along, but it's like at the end of the day, if the language of our souls aren't on the same page, we're going to be constantly missing each other and constantly translating. Okay, so this is important to me because, this is important to me because, and so... I think what it, what it means to be on the same page as someone fundamentally, like your, your faith, your worldview, your beliefs, that doesn't mean when I say that, it's like, it doesn't mean that I need to have someone with the exact same life experience. That's not what that means at all. But my relationship with God, for instance, impacts everything about my life. It's the core of who I am. So to have someone that not only understands that, and you can respect that, but it's different when they're on the same page as you. And I dated a guy and fell, we fell in love and had this really sweet relationship, but we had a different, we had different beliefs and different worldviews. And at the end of the day, I always, I always imagined if I date someone who doesn't share my faith, it's gonna, you know tear down my faith or whatever. And it definitely didn't. I mean, he respected what I believed. He honored me. However, I remember I was going, I was flying out to LA and he wished me luck on this. I was speaking at this event about like faith and sexuality. And he was like, that's so cool. You're doing that. Have fun. And then afterwards he was like, how was it? And that was kind of it. And I, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't until that moment that I realized I don't want someone that just like respects what I do. I want someone that can be praying for me. I want someone that can look at my notes and make sure like, oh yeah, 
oh, maybe you could say this or, oh, wow, like that's really cool. Have you thought about it this way? And so I realized, you know, being with someone that doesn't share my worldview isn't holding me back, but it isn't propelling me forward. And in my life, I always want to be growing and moving forward. And so I think because of that, it's super important, whatever you to believe, whatever you believe to have someone that shares those like core values and core beliefs. What you're talking about, my pastor mentioned that a couple months ago, because we did a whole relationship series. And I was just mm. wondering what your thoughts are on, maybe you are, you both have the same soul language, but in terms of where you are in your journey, it might not be the same. Maybe that mm-hmm. person or you are way ahead in terms of like your spiritual journey. And this person is mm-hmm. kind of new, just starting, you know, just found in this instance, just found Jesus. Do you think that is a relationship that is set up for the long run? Or do you think that, you know, there's no point in something like that? Oh, man, that's so good. So you're two different people. You're going to, for your whole lives, you're going to be at different places, you know? And I think more so what it's important to look at is where are they headed? So whether it's like maybe right now you feel maybe you're a couple steps, quote unquote, ahead, whatever that means. But maybe a year from now, maybe you're really going to be struggling and his, he's going to be a few steps ahead of you and he's going to be encouraging and spurring you on. I think more so is the heart of the person of, of, you know, are they seeking God with their whole heart, whether they've been doing that for 50 years or a few years. I mean, definitely time. It's good to have time to just let things settle, but I'm just, I'm more interested in where someone's going. And so I I wouldn't want anyone to ever not date me because of my past or because of, you know, where I am or am not in my faith journey. I think the, the point is where are you guys at now and where are you committed to going from here on out? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Okay, I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. There's Let's this. Hear it. There's this. I don't know if it's a culture, but there's this. Um, I'm gonna say culture, of praying for your future husband or partner, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know your thoughts because I mm-hmm. I think I hear a lot of thoughts around it, varying, and I just wanted to know what you think. I mean, I love praying for my future spouse. I am all for it. Because here's what I believe is I believe that God is constantly answering our prayers, but because we are not being specific, we're missing out on the blessing. And also, whether or not we verbalize it to God, God already knows our heart. And so whether if I'm not praying for my spouse, but I want that, God already knows. God In Psalm 139, it says, before a word is on my tongue, God knows it all together. And You know, we see in the New Testament, Jesus going up to the blind man and saying, what do you want? Well, the guy is blind. What do you think he wants, Jesus? (laughs) But Jesus knows that there's something in it for the person to acknowledge what it is that they want. So that when the prayer is answered, God gets the credit for it. And so I, I love holding on to hope and believing for hope and 
I love being so specific. Mark Batterson in his book, The Circle Maker. I love that book. It's all about prayer. He says, God honors bold and specific prayers. And so I'm all for, like, I'm all for praying specifically for the things I want. Now that doesn't, that's not this like weird, sometimes people are like, well, you know, I, like God gives me the desires of my heart. So if I say this prayer this certain way, then it means that God's going to do what I want for him. Well, no, regardless if I get the thing that I want and ask for, God's still good. Like God is the prize. So if I'm praying for my spouse and that spouse never comes, then thank you, God, because God, your ways are better than my ways. And God doesn't hold any good gift back from me. I'm his daughter. God loves me. And so in that, I have a good father that I get to be honest about, or I get to be honest with him about the desires of my heart. And again, kind of back to this message around clarity, you know, the blind man to Jesus could have been like, I just, just bless my life, Jesus. Just bless my life. Well, Jesus, maybe Jesus could have just been like, okay, bless you. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? So even Jesus wants clarity. Because when we are clear with God, like, we're able to go to God boldly and expectantly and God cares about our heart. So why not be honest about it? I think, I think it's a great thing to pray for your future. Why not? And if it doesn't happen, thank God for that because God's ways are better than my ways. I'm so glad God didn't give me what I wanted 15 years ago. I wanted to get married right out of college and have kids. If I did that, that wouldn't have been bad. It's just that God's plans, Ephesians 2 says, like his plans for my life are more abundant than I could ever hope or imagine for myself. So I know that if I don't get this very specific good thing that I've prayed for, it means that it's because God has something infinitely better beyond my wildest imagination. So I want to thank God for that. Wow. That was honestly amazing. Everything you've just said, everything has just been amazing. Just to kind of close off the discussion questions mm. how do you know when you found the one yeah <laughs> and to kind of build with that i guess for the people that are single what should they be doing at this present time it's the age-old question right how do you know we found the one well first of all i don't believe in the one <laughs> So when people are like, oh, how do you know he's the one? Like, oh, my soulmate, the one. Well, first of all, if one person makes the wrong decision, the entire universe is screwed over, right? <laughs> so the one becomes the one when you choose that person. The one becomes the one when you commit to each other. And so we put all this pressure on, I need to find the one, the one. You know, there's probably a thousand, maybe even a million different people that you could marry and date and end up with. And it'd be a good, beautiful, God honoring marriage. That person becomes your person when you choose them. And so choose wisely, use wisdom, use discernment, work on yourself, know what it is that you want, know what your non-negotiables are. For me, it's, you know, does this person love Jesus? Does this person love people? Does this person love justice? Is this person, can, are we friends? Can, is there the, the, yeah, obviously sexual chemistry is important, but 
the average American has sex 52 times a year. That's one time a week. And let's say sex takes an hour. You know, statistically speaking, it more likely takes 10 or 15 minutes. But let's just say it takes an hour. In an entire year, sex only, if you're having sex once a week, that's 52 hours. There's over, there's almost 9,000 hours in a year. So in those other 8,050 hours of the year, who is the person you want to be with? You want to be with someone that has integrity, that has vision for their life, that is a friend, that can be a confidant, that you feel safe and secure with, that you trust, that you like hanging out with, that you just like talking with. And so stop putting so much pressure on finding the one and just enjoy getting to know people. And when you are clear with the type, what, who is the type of person you want to be with, as you get to know people, that stuff will become more and more clear. I think getting clear on what those non-negotiables are for you and discerning, okay, is this a non-negotiable or is this a preference? So a preference is I am, I am very attracted to tall, dark, and handsome, athlete sort of men. That's a preference. <laughs> if that happens, that is great. But most of the guys that I've dated have actually been shorter than me and have looked a lot like there's no type. I have a type, but all the guys I've dated have been different. But I want to look at their heart. I want to know, do they love God? Do they love people? Do they have integrity? Do they have vision for their life? Do they have a job? (laughs) You know, I think we can become so obsessed with finding the one that we put so much pressure on dating. And then it's like going on date one feels so overwhelming and anxiety inducing that we just don't do it. And so I think if we just, if we start getting clear with what it is that we really want and realize dating is a curb, not a cliff, it's just a date. It's not a proposal. (laughs) You're allowed to get to know someone. The more you date and the more you spend time with people, the more you get clarity about what it is and is not that you are looking for. So again, I'm just going to keep going back to it. How do you, how can you find the one? The first thing you get to do is figure out who you are and what you want so that you can know when you meet someone that you're interested in. But I loved, I love what you said about the one. And Mm. for our last question, Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. I'll steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what can we expect to see from you next? We know you're working on the book, but you know, especially during these times, what what are you excited for? What are you maybe anxious about? Oh yeah. Well, thanks for asking that. I am. I mean, the the biggest thing in my life right now is my book, Sexless in the City. Uh, Sometimes sassy, sometimes painful. Always honest look at dating, desire, and sex and That comes out April of 2021, but you can actually pre-order it already, like right now on, on Amazon. And then you can also order pre-order on Audible as well. If you like more of those, if you like audiobooks. Oh my gosh. When you said Audible, I just smiled so hard. (laughs) Do you use Audible? Yes. I am a big Audible user. Are you going to be narrating it yourself? 
So I haven't done it yet, but that's that'll be next step. So we're I actually just got an email today from my editor with some just another we have one more round of edits to go and then it's like final stages, but you can if you go to Amazon today, Sexless in the City, it is up. You can pre-order it. I would if you order it or if you don't order it, I would love just to chat with you, help answer questions. You can find me on Instagram at the refined woman. TheRefinedWoman.com is my website. I am super excited and love my podcast, The Refined Collective Podcast. It drops every Wednesday. We're in the middle of a really fun series called That's What He Said. I interview eight different men all over the U.S., married, single, dating, all the things. That's such a cool idea. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And I asked them the top 15 questions that single women have asked me. So it's, it's been really fun to hear all these guys, different answers. And, and then finally, if you're single and you're like, I don't really even know how to walk this part of my life out. How do I gain clarity? How do I figure out who to date? I have a ton of free resources for single women. You can go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W dating tips and join my free online community for single women. And you can put in your email. I'll send you some goodies and we'll be just, you know, I'll be like your online older big sis. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the UNI podcast. If you love this episode as much as we did, rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, check out our show notes for all of our links, including our Cheers to Better You guide and workbook. New episodes drop every week on Monday. We can't wait to hang out with you again. We'll talk soon. Bye.